0: Uh, yeah. Hit record, all right. and right. You're yawning, so this mm-hmm. is a
1: good start. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, uh, we're professionals.
0: All right, <laughs> pro, pro level. Uh, so uh, we've already started off very professionally. And oh, is this it? This is the show we're doing. This is this, oh, this is, is the show. Okay. This is it. This is it. Th- this, we're starting this, right now.
1: Th- now, ready? Yeah. Now, three, two, one. Now, boys. Are, you, are you leaving this all in? Yeah, I'm leaving it all in. Oh, okay. Um
0: This smells a little bit like Coca-Cola. Mm. Did you did you open a Coca-Cola? Is it Pepsi? It's not. It's not Coke or Pepsi. Mm. It's the 100 Barrel Series number 56.
1: So I don't know if you drink much Harpoon. Most of their stuff I don't like. I don't like their their main commercial brews. Aren't I, I find aren't very interesting? They don't stand up to particularly like what's going on in craft beer right now. Um, But their 100 barrel series, their limited release series are always interesting. And I think usually well done, even if it's not something I actually like. Uh, Meaning, you know, they put some thought into the recipe. They use seemingly high quality ingredients. Um, This is one of these ones that I'm not sure I'll like it, but sounds interesting. It (laughs) sounds really interesting. Uh, This is called... Thunder Foam, which is a great name for a beer. Kettle so Cup a, Thunder Foam. Yeah. yeah I don't it's know what a, Kettle Cup means. Kettle Cup no, thunder, thunder Foam,
0: yeah. It is a robust porter that has, um, what does it have added into it? Poblano? Something crazy. Poblano peppers.
1: And cocoa nibs. Ancho and ancho chilies, Yeah,
0: Ancho chilies and cocoa nibs, um, which sounds crazy to me. I can
1: de- I can definitely smell the ancho. In it, yeah. It adds some.
0: It adds kind of a vegetal thing, which is why it smells a little bit like a cola to me.
1: Hmm. Hmm,
0: hmm, hmm. But now, when I really suck it in, it's I can get the the coffee and
1: chocolate the smells. Cocoa. Yep. Yeah. All right. Can I? Can I try this? Yeah, let's try. Because I need to know if I'm just going to drink water for the whole show or not. Yeah, I'll drink more of that. I like it. Oh, that's that's um. It's good. Pleasant. it's got a little bit of a metallic finish. Yeah, which is that pepper, For me. Yeah. I think. But very interesting, and in they're very roasty.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like that, that. My tongue thought it was going to get spicy because of that metallic <laughs> flavor, but then it just <laughs> never did thought, it. Your little tongue brain. And my tongue brain thought that that was going to be peppery, but instead it was just a little metallic.
1: Yeah, my, t- my, my tongue brain is... uh <laughs> a
0: little oh, the tongue brain. a little is, slow today. That is... <laughs> It's all right. Just today, got it. Um, That's so, actually pretty tasty. Yeah, I would. I would. Um, it's only, only six point eight. Only six point eight ABV, which is you, which is great because you can sip on this for a while and not get inebriated.
1: Only six point eight. <laughs> our qualification for alcohol <laughs> <Yeah>. content is <laughs> it's really. And our grandchildren will be saying this is only a ten percent beer. <laughs> well,
0: I mean the other things in there, there's are stuff is 8% and I'm looking at all their other things and they're, they're higher alcohol content than mm-hmm. 6.8. So, and you know, yeah. when we drink a Porter or, or a, uh, or a stout, they're usually yeah. nine to 11. Yeah, so. definitely.
1: Um, whenever I see the Harpoon Hunter Barrel and they have a pretty, you know, um identifiable label, it's like a tan label with maroon printing on it. Um, it's very Always looking. interesting. Yeah. Always interesting. So clearly, I don't know. I don't know anybody at Harpoon, and if you work there, I'm really sorry if this comes across the wrong way, but it feels like they get bored with what they have to do regularly, and so they save up like these really interesting projects for the Hunter Barrel series and make these limited releases. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh. I've ta- I've talked to brewers that work at like big commercial, um, particularly touristy breweries. Talk to people that you know, thought, oh, this will be cool, brewing on this, like, pretty huge scale. Like, that's unusual. And it it starts off cool and then gets very monotonous very quickly, is what I've been told, is <laughs> well, that essentially you brew the same thing over and over to a very exacting standard in specific process, and there's no deviation, and you get the same result out the other end, and that gets tedious, well this sounds
0: uh like it has an interesting story actually because their website says that the the recipe was designed by their truck drivers.
1: Yeah, their delivery guys, yeah. And the delivery
0: drivers. Uh and and it was um it won a oh the kettle cup cup is a beer prize. 2015 kettle cup is what they won with this recipe. Sweet. Yeah. So that's why it's called kettle cup. Now we know. And um it also Shows why it's a little bit different, because the guys who drive the trucks probably sit around with a lot of free time thinking about weird beard ide- beer ideas, and this is what they came up with. Well, they're probably with.
1: all home brewers. And, yeah, exactly. You know, probably, probably partially got into it because they like craft beer, so. Let's hope so. Well, this is a good one,
0: uh, and I would definitely uh, recommend this one fairly highly. We'll
1: rate it at the end, of
0: course, but uh, um, along So how's with,
1: everything going for you, Jeff? Boy,
0: well, it's it's going for me. Uh, it's allergy season now. So, you know, that tends to get me all messed up. Um, my brain is a little bit slower than it usually is, which is really saying something because it's usually really slow.
1: Do you take, uh, meds for your allergies?
0: Uh, I try not to, but then like, when they get too bad, then I kind of am forced those to, but s- it's s- usually the, the sneezing that drives me crazy.
1: I've heard the meds can be, uh, Almost as bad as the actual allergy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. as far as its they, effect on on your you physically.
0: Yeah, they they make me just completely physically drained and uh, tired. But at least I'm not sneezing. So because I'm that way, hmm. even when I'm not, like the allergies wipe me out that way too. So it's so the lesser of two evils. Today, however, I am unmedicated, other than thunder Foam. So got that going for hmm. me.
1: Have you seen a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on with you? I know you've got a lot on your plate. Woo! yeah, <laughs> like ah, uh, you know, hmm. dealing with <laughs> dealing with people sometimes isn't my favorite thing. We've mm. <laughs> just been we've been doing all this stuff with selling our house and you know building a house, and a lot of that involves contracts and negotiation and. Dealing with people's fears and anxieties and my own fears and anxieties, so it hasn't been like the most relaxing spring let me put it that way so yeah
0: i've gotten that impression in our uh, conversations over the last few ah, weeks. Man. You seem like you're not having a great time in general
1: i don't know sometimes I wonder if like I just have like my expectations for people still are out of whack and uh well, and I, I get disappointed. Like you know, we're so, we're selling our house. I'm Not gonna say too much about it, but we were all excited because it was going to be bought by a, like a fan, like a young fan with young kids. And we have you know we we've gone nuts for our kid. Our backyard is like a park for our kid. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. We're gonna like show them all about the house and leave all this stuff for them. And, like, my wife wanted to buy gifts for them or And then we get, like, through, like, the negotiation bits and they're, like, a-holes. i <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Like, I wish we could have just, like, had, like, a discussion about what we were concerned about and what each side wanted. Like, oh, well, we want to be done by this date and we want this, you know, this this part we want to we're nervous about this so let's make sure this is on contract instead it's just like this just, i don't know awful back and forth a slog. And stuff and so now we're in a, ending the thing with like we don't care who's buying it it's it's a business transaction like a mechanical we're not transaction doing anything yeah. special we don't care if they you know we we care we still like our neighbors so we don't want like a harley gang to buy the house or something but uh yeah uh, you know,
0: it's yeah it's I frustrating just give up. and when you I just have weeks up. <laughs> you have weeks like that and you you and i went back and forth about uh you know how it's easy to get negative about things because you know there's crazy people um who are running for election for president <laughs> and the environment's crazy and all this stuff and we thought there's still a lot of good things to Sing the praises of and things that make us happy. Yeah, you, and you do.
1: This is like counting sheep, but you count your blessings. Right? Yeah, blessings. Exactly. You, you count. You count like the things that you're thankful for, happy about, or what, it, however you want to phrase things it.
0: That, yeah, things that bring you pleasure to think about, mm-hmm. or eat, or or do, or whatever. And we thought, you know what? Rather than have another old man complaining show, which we're totally like, the other podcast. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) which happens to be the same podcast, and uh, and we thought we'd have a a a happy lighter uh, favorite things type of uh, podcast as well as anything else that might happen.
1: Yeah, so I I hurled the list over the fence at you. Said here, do this. That was (laughs) fill out this list. Yeah, it was like that's that's the the way I work, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> questionnaires, polls, <I>
0: spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a planner. We have a pretty interesting new method for transferring this stuff back and forth, so it's kind of it's kind of fun to see these documents evolve. Um, and this one was uh, kind of interesting thing to run into because I some of the questions uh, I hadn't really thought about, and so yeah. we can lob these back and forth at each other, and sure. and you can uh, you can go first.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I guess uh, the, I was thinking, oh, what's your like favorite new thing? Like new-ish. newish. Doesn't have to be um like, you know, the what you got this week or anything like that, but like what's your what's something that you really like right now? Yeah. That you that's didn't a good have question. maybe 6 months ago or something like that. Yeah.
0: There's kind of a few things um that fall into this category um, because i i 'm f- very strange as you as you know, um, I like board games, um, I like reading the rules of board games and playing them and all that kind of stuff and there's a there's a board game that I was interested in ever since probably before, like in high school or so uh, that was like one of those old school you know board games with the little squares that you move around cardboard squares you move around on a little map. And I was just happened to be going through um looking listening to this podcast and they had the, it was called Advanced Squad Leader. And I would always see that see this game in the in the hobby shop, like in that early, well, let's just say a long time ago. I won't say the year. <laughs> and and I was always totally intrigued by it. Uh, but it was always too big, and everybody says it was too complicated. But I actually bought myself a copy of it uh, this week. And I'm really interested to see how it actually works. Um, it's interesting to me, A, that it's still around since the, uh, I think the first edition came out in 1977. Um, it was called Squad Leader. And wow, you
1: were only like 30 then or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I don't think that was the one that I saw on the shelves. That hmm. the, the advanced squad leader came out. You put
1: out. down your hoop and you- stick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we missed my hoop and stick being my favorite thing by a few years. And, um, and uh, well, I, what I was kind of surprised by is um, that a game from this started in 77 ha- still has actually probably now a much more vibrant and um, active user community because of the internet because you can play this oh, thing over the yeah. internet using okay. uh using this kind of board game uh app called Vassal and people play this game all the time. A board game
1: app. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just What's re- a board game app? So there's a there's an application written in Java unfortunately You're already uh, bored? Yeah, called Vassal V A S S A L. And Vassal is essentially a um a system of Rules and, you know, you upload assets and then you can use some programming to add some very light uh, automation and things like that. But it, it essentially allows you to recreate the board game on the screen. And, like, it doesn't – like, you have to pick the pieces up and move whoa, whoa, them.
1: wait. This yeah. isn't a board game anymore, right? This is just a computer game at
0: that point. No, because there's no AI behind it. You play it with another person in real time. Okay. And uh, I got you. it like playing
1: computer chess with somebody across the internet. Yes,
0: exactly. Okay. Like you pick a piece of like the, the simulated cardboard chip out of this little... Simulated cardboard cup, (laughs) you put it on the board and you have to physically move it according to the rules that aren't programmed in anywhere. So, you know, it's okay. You
1: just agree that these are the rules and you're following the rules. Exactly. Okay. So, which you do on a board game, right? Exactly. There's no enforcement of rules.
0: Yeah, so, so I guess this um, implementation of this has revitalized it because this the hard thing about this board game is it's so darn difficult to play, it's really hard to find people to play. And yet there's a very big community of people who want to play, and so they all have kind of flocked to this vassal thing. And uh, so after reading a lot about it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try that. So I think that's my most interesting slash favorite new thing
1: Thing that I okay. have
0: that I'm interested in, in just kind of reading about and checking out. It's a very leisure time focused. Um, got a new knife. That's pretty fun. Um, always fun. exciting. <laughs> Maybe fun is Quotes not the right around word. That Fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? What's your favorite thing? Right? I don't even don't even know if you have time for uh, things right now.
1: Uh, I I don't have a time for a lot of things. But this is going to be. Kind of weird, which I guess, a, you know, a board game and a knife for you know, also out there weird. as far as being different. I really like a salt server that I got. <laughs> this is super strange, <laughs> I think. What? Have you ever, <clears throat> like, served salt out of, essentially, like, it's a bowl. And you pinch some with your fingers and you sprinkle it on with your fingers. Yes. Right? So, I like sea salt, much better than regular sodium chloride iodized salt. It's it has less of a sharpness to it. it has a more interesting flavor profile um I decided to get one of these like salt bowls It has a little lid you can flick open with your thumb and it has it comes with a little spoon and, <laughs> it's, like uh, a, it's like a snuff box for salt it, yeah, for salt and it, it's that's <laughs> actually I really love it because it gives it gives me so much more control over how much salt I put on it. I used to use one of those like salt grinders for food mm mm-hmm. and and yeah, you eventually get pretty good at using like I know a quarter turn adds as much saltiness to this thing or something like that, but I just find being able to pinch it on with my fingers is much more carefully controlled and uh I just really like it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's like, interesting,
0: I- yeah. My wife recently, um maybe it's just the Zeitgeist of this of of salt, you know, fun, uh is uh, that my wife um, recently got this this ceramic pig, where the mouth is huge on it, and she and it's made for sea salt, and it has a little tiny wooden oh, okay. spoon. There you go. And so we put that on the you know we have a, a same idea. pepper grinder and a little little pig salt pig. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I sent it I to you in like the stuff. robot.
1: It's, it's okay. same same idea. I, I find that using a spoon to put on the salt is much less precise. I don't like it at all. It's it's like. Trying to shake a little spoon with a mound of salt on it just ends up by preserving (laughs) my food for for all eternity or something. It immediately turns turns my steak to jerky. Yeah, I I usually um, have a little little.
0: Cap method that's kind of semi sprinkles it out, but you're right, a, a yeah. chunk of it can come out and mess
1: things up. But no, that's an interesting one. It's the interesting yeah. thing that that is the thing you pick that you like. I don't know, it's just weird. I was sitting here like, what are the what's the thing that I'm really like pretty happy about? And first thing that came to my mind was like uh, this knife sharpener I have for for the kitchen. I'm like, I love that little thing. I pull it out pretty much every time I'm prepping something in the kitchen and sharpen my knife real quick, and it, it's great. Works great. But then I looked, and I'm like, I bought it a year ago. That's like, am I really so pathetic that there's not something I've liked in a year? <laughs> like, other than my knife sharpener? Wow. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I think another thing is, and <laughs> this is, leads into a strange dream I had. Uh, there's a computer game called Crusader Kings 2. It's been out for a while. But it's, have you ever heard of that? No. Um, there's these uh, this game company called Paradox. They're from... Uh, overseas, and they make these games that are kind of like uh, simulations of different things. One's called Uni- Europa Universalis, which is kind of like a, the whole world is part of the game board, and you're moving things around, uh, trying to take over the world. You know, that's one. Crusader Kings is the focus is that you are a duke or a king of a specific region, and it's more of a family simulator but it was crazy family if, simulator yeah so in a game of thronesy kind of way so um all these crazy because of the ai of the characters and the choices that you make all these crazy scenarios can happen like for instance i had a uh, a duke of ireland was my character just one little section of the entire world and um but even though it was small, all these crazy things were happening. Like uh the mayor of the town that I, was in a, the capital city didn't like me. Uh And then he ended up challenging me to a duel where I was injured. And it just, all this is like this crazy <laughs> soap opera playing out in, in uh just in amongst this community kind of computer game. So it was funny. Okay. But, um it's, it's a really cool game. I is really this like on it. Your,
1: on your, on a PC? Yeah, is it's this? on my Mac. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's funny cause I, I had been reading about this game and I'd been playing it and I had a dream the other night where they were installing the new business intelligence tool at our company and everybody was complaining about how complicated it was. And I had to go in for a special training session and it was crusader Kings 2, That was our business intelligence tool. And I had to go around training all these what? users. <laughs>
1: crusader Kings 2. <laughs> what? It
0: was the strangest dream. I'm telling you.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's it's funny, like you mentioned that kind of stuff. I still to this day, I'm totally a kid from the '80s. I still think of the world in terms of things like SimCity. Like I used to like that one. The the planning and consequences, and like whenever I see. Like, oh, this area seems run down. They should totally put in a police station and a school yeah, and a or park. A park. Yeah, a park would make people happy, <laughs> right? and then it would magically be better. It totally then, makes like, sense. I still have to find myself, like, correct myself. Like that was a game with actually very simple rules. So. Yeah,
0: not quite as uh, as subtle as real life. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a game, uh, Crusader Kings Two. It's on Steam. It's pretty cheap, um, and it's it's just hours of uh, like it kind of just runs like you make a few decisions and you can be very active especially if you're a huge king of like you know the holy roman empire or something or yeah you know. but if you pick something small you're kind of making some decisions and seeing things how play out how things play out rather just to see how it,
1: weird it'll get yeah, and it gets really like weird what I would but do. i can
0: i can leave it running while we're watching tv or something like that you know and it can you, know, you can pause it at yeah. any time so it's just something i kind of do in the evenings where we're watching television or something weird like that but anyway yeah. that's a fun thing um but uh, I guess the other question I have for you is, aside from salt shakers uh, or salt <laughs> salt things, salt, salt cups, yeah. salt. Um, what's your favorite new piece of technology? Because we're kind of tech
1: nerdy. New tech. Yeah, new tech. Uh, new tech. I guess I would. Does the Apple TV count? Does yeah, uh, it counts. It's not that new. It's new It's the newest
0: I, tech that you've gotten, right? One of the Well, newest.
1: you know, something I'm very interested in is the new AI that's cropping up around voice technology. Yeah, I don't care for the voice technology bit because I, I think that's dumb. Like, I, I don't want to talk to my computer. I'd rather type. I don't want people hearing me um, right. saying things like, what are the lyrics to this song? Or, you know, right. stupid stuff like that. And I, I also don't want it listening to my well, my kid interrupt while I'm <laughs> trying to ask it a question. Right. But I do love the kind of like natural, not not even natural language, but logical human interaction of of like being able to continue your question um, from a different angle and have it understand. You know, we I think we might have talked about Hound in the past. That's a that's a good example. And what's the new one that's coming out? Vive from the from the Siri. The, the folks behind Siri. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, and so they're introducing some new, new technology there. Again, I don't care so much for the voice piece, and I had somebody say that they were surprised I used Hound because it is voice technology, and Hound is nice because you can type exactly what you would normally speak, and it, it'll work. That, so it's like natural what, language uh typing like recognition yeah, as well yeah, yeah, so you could say like uh, find me flights to you know to North Carolina from Boston, and then it'll give you give you that stuff, and then you say, how about to to California right or to San Francisco or something like that, and then it'll know like you're still talking about flights from Boston kind of thing um you know it's just it's a little bit more logical of like like when you continue a question that's fairly really straightforward to parse as a human, but computers have a really difficult time yeah you
0: know? i hadn 't actually heard of hound i'm kind of curious it's, to, it's, to cool. dig around. it's
1: it's you know it's really meant to be that voice recognition, but for somebody on their team at some point said like hey, how about if we let them type too because why not <laughs> like it's still just yeah it's still just words f- you know being processed well I definitely
0: would use it more often if I could type um, i I still feel kind of um I guess self-conscious about using it, even at home. I feel self-conscious using a a voice-activated system, um, and feel strange. Although you know, I mean, obviously, the promise of Star Trek: The Next Generation and just you know yelling at a computer and having it do stuff is kind of cool. Um, I don't. I just can't see myself doing it though.
1: Yeah, yeah, but Star Trek avoided several difficult conversations around their voice recognition system. Like Catch McCard won't, uh, when he's on the bridge, say, computer, remind me to take my erectile dysfunction medic- medication tonight, right? He's not going <laughs> to say that in front of his staff or anything. No, Instead, he probably do a little, like, surreptitiously type a little text <laughs> to his computer. You know, that that's kind of how I feel. Like, I don't mind voice recognition, uh, but I don't usually want to use it. Interesting. I was trying to do something the other other day where I was like, asking it a question, and my daughter came in and started talking, you know, it's totally confused about was like, what's on going on. Was this on your phone, or is this... Uh, your it's on p- my phone. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was using Hound. It was, you know, and, and is one of those things, like, it feels like Spotlight should work like Siri, but doesn't. So, when I say I'm mostly excited about the the AI behind it, that's truly what I mean. Like, the the processing that's taking place is what I find interesting and exciting and and something that I'm pretty thrilled with. But yeah, the, it's, the actual like talking to a computer, I don't care that much for. The idea
0: of it's cool, the implementation of it, not so much. In a way, yeah,
1: I don't really understand why everybody's focused on like speaking to your computer. That has never been the way I wanted to really interact with my computer for more than a couple minutes. Well, it, it
0: introduces all sorts of thorny issues. Like, how do you do that at work? Like, it, you, if you don't have an office you're sitting in your cube yelling at your computer to mm-hmm. find dinner reservations or something like that. not <laughs> something that's going to happen um, or you wouldn't want to happen. You, you know um, it, it brings into all to mind, all these questions about how we work day to day and stuff like that. And I think, um, the tech press, uh, you know, they tend to play up stuff like this. Like I just pulled up a couple of articles of this just so I can look through them later. And they're kind of fawning all over it, which is great. But these guys probably do a lot of the writing at home uh, where you can just say whatever you want all the time. <laughs> You know, you're not in yeah. an office where you mm-hmm. you have to be sensitive to other people doing other things, or they're also on the phone or something like that.
1: Right? People thrilled about VR are usually people with big living rooms that don't have kid little kids walking in. You know that are they're going to run into or hit or like it. It just some of the stuff just doesn't seem practical for like a normal what I would call a normal um, environment. It, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to become the the negative old man, man. <laughs> like, yeah, this yeah, we're ha- we're having to fun. a positive show, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope to someday uh, have a show where we talk about how cool VR technology is. But right now, it's, it's just not practical for me, just given the computer requirements and stuff, maybe when the PlayStation 1 comes out. But you're right. Uh, you know,
1: a little bit of me is feel, still feeling burned by the whole 3D TV push of, that was clearly a bunch of hardware manufacturers... Fishing for the next angle to get you to buy all new stuff.
0: No, you're right. And And, and and in
1: software and like DVDs, wanting to buy, wanting you to buy all new media. So they're like, yeah, let's convince everybody this 3D thing where everybody sits on a couch together, but they don't look at each other and they wear special glasses. Like that's going to be the future. Well,
0: I I think this uh, maybe because I've been following it longer, it doesn't feel like this VR thing with Oculus Rift and all that has been like, there was a time when I was like, I'm not getting an Oculus Rift. There's no way that's going to be good. But it seems like um, it actually.
1: Ironically, now you want one, can't get one. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I don't want one, but I mean, you know, someday I'll, I'll get something that, that I can use. But um, it seems to me like um, the, the technology was brought up kind of from the, roots up at a theoretical level. And I think you're right for the 3d stuff. Like, I don't know who looked at that and said that wasn't some sort of a crazy money grab. Like it, the question I always asked was who wants a 3d TV? Like it was like, there's no way I was going to buy a television for that feature. And if it had it, it was some, one of those things I was like, well, that's one more thing to break that I would never use in a million years. Um, Just so, buy spare glasses, Jeff. Come on. Yeah, yeah, really. Buy um,
1: buy a pair, a two-pair for everybody in your family.
0: No, thank that's you. That's all you have to do. Yeah, that's another one. The angle of your television has to be I I can't even understand how the, that was a They thing. seem
1: to have learned their lesson. The the 4K push seems much more... Muted. Like, hey, if you're going to buy a new TV anyways, <laughs> like here here's this 4K thing. That you might consider. It doesn't seem as much of a burn burn your house down and replace everything with this <laughs> yeah, 4K TV.
0: Yeah, I still don't understand that one either. Um but uh I guess my favorite piece of tech right now is uh this iPhone SE, gotta be honest. Oh. You know?
1: Yeah. So so I already made my draft lists for for these and, and the first thing I put was my phone. Yeah. And I changed I changed my mind. Because I was like, oh, like some days I hate
0: it, but... <laughs> well, I'm putting it on here because when I first got it, I was a little bit on the fence um, because it, it was hard to get used to typing on a small phone again. Like, it's
1: it's like chiclet size. It's now, really right? tiny,
0: right? So, so that was kind of a drag. Um, but I still got back into using I, and enjoying this new form factor. I was worried about the slower touch id but in reality it's pretty darn fast i mean it's not as slow as it was when the five and the five if i guess the five s came out um so it seems plenty fast for me it takes about a half a second or something like that so
1: it's yeah. just not that kind of like
0: not that instantaneous
1: as right? the 6S in fact also. it may be a little preferable for some people yeah to have I, that extra delay to to avoid accidentally unlocking your phone too if much.
0: you just want to see the clock or something yeah, yeah.
1: um the other thing I was
0: very curious about um, is that the battery life on similar use is actually um, better than my 6S. It seems to be. I, I go to bed with, a, you know, like half battery at the end mm. of the day. Yeah. Um, maybe because it's the smaller screen. I don't know. Maybe it's changes to the OS since I last used a 5S. I have no idea. But um, the battery just lasts forever on this thing. Um, and it, it's become, like, my favorite tech device again. Um, Were you
1: knocking on wood there?
0: <laughs> no, I actually put my phone down on my desk. Oh, okay. I was just holding it thinking, like, what <laughs> other things like, do I like?
1: Uh, knock, knock on knock wood. wood, it's, it's my, my favorite, favorite. thing. No. Please don't die on me.
0: <laughs> no, it's actually, uh, uh, it, it's, it's really good. And I'm glad to be using it. I'm, I don't miss um, the bigger phone. And I, I do think having uh, the Apple Watch, which is not new, um, but having the Apple watch helps with the smaller phone. Cause I'm not, I'm not taking it out of my pocket as often anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, anyway, so that's my new tech thing. I, I, I mm-hmm. like that as uh, cool. it's that's a great a, that's device.
1: A, that's a good one. I feel like the, uh, the SE, I feel about the SE, the, about the way I feel about the new iPad pros, which they still have cut too much out of them for me to really think about it. Once the SE is more on par with the other phones, with, you know, 3D touch and all that kind of stuff, I'd i be much more on board. That's how I feel about the iPad Pros, too. Like, the lack of 3D touch, I really like the cursor navigation on the keyboard on iOS for my phone. Like, I really want that everywhere. Yeah, I know. And, and, and that, it still feels like, I'm sure it's not artificial in the case of the iPads, but it feels art- like an artificial, like, well, we're not giving you that because we want you to have a reason to buy this other thing.
0: Yeah, th- this is, I would say that is the one thing that I do miss because I had just gotten used to the 3D Touch on things like To Do and uh, Contact and Launch Center Pro and all these things where I could hold it in and do things and I'd just gotten used to yeah. that muscle memory. And so I find myself often, you know, starting the jiggle You know, because I hold down on to do to bring up a (laughs) add new task, and it just starts my all my icons wiggling (laughs) around to delete them.
1: That is a that is a bummer. (laughs)
0: It's kind of a bummer, but
1: But I uh, I feel like that's going to be taken care of maybe in the next iteration. I think they underestimated how many people wanted the small form factor.
0: I'm I'm thinking you're right. Um, The company where I work, we manage a large uh, kind of install base where we you know give we provide phones to people. And uh, the guy, I talked to the guy who does the phone requisitioning and distribution and all that stuff, and he says that he hasn't been able to get an iPhone SE for three weeks. Um And, wow. and there's still a waiting list for them. So I don't think they anticipated the uh, the demand, or they just didn't make that many of them, not knowing really what their reaction was going to be. But apparently people are liking them. Uh, I know I like mine, but like I said, I... I've tried so many of these different form factors, and I was not completely sold. But it wasn't until recently that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm behind this. I'm back to this form factor and happy to stay there. Nice. Yeah, cool. so so tied to that, though, do you have a fa- favorite iOS app?
1: Oh, wow. Oh, that caught me off guard. Jeez, I, <laughs> I, I at least gave you a list. Man, well, you put are I on the brutal. list, actually. <laughs> I mean, can I count the one that I'm testing in beta, the Devon Think well, so I, probably not right yeah,
0: yeah I guess so I mean it's a beta mm, app but can it, can't, nobody can else can get it
1: tap seller it. I probably can't count that
0: mm, we're biased
1: yeah uh, iThoughts I thoughts.
0: I don't even have yeah. that on my phone so I can't even Well, like yeah, but app. you don't
1: know how to use a phone that's why you're okay with a small one that's true <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue no I, I love iThoughts it's such a great app for just capturing ideas and thinking and jotting stuff down. I mean, drafts is pretty close. Uh, I love drafts. It's so great for just, I work, I work with text and ideas. Like that's, that's the whole thing. Like I do that a lot. And so those, those two apps really, really scratch my itches.
0: Yeah. I guess when I'm looking at mine, I, I have to look at the home row of my phone because those are the four things I use most often, but to do uh is probably yeah, my but favorite. Used,
1: used most often doesn't mean it's yeah. your favorite <laughs> yeah
0: i guess if i had to pick my favorite it would be drafts just because i use it for everything yeah. um and it ties in with to do but I, and, and slack obviously but slack's not like a it's not like a fun thing i just use it i feel, it I feel like time. i
1: could survive without slack like just going back to imessage and something like that like i'd be okay In iMessage. Slack's nice. Slack's good for groups and stuff like that, but I don't know. Let's say they said, okay, no more free accounts. Everything's paid. You and I have a paid account that we share. Yes. Uh, But it's pretty pricey. It is a very pricey thing. I don't think I would pay that for all my groups that I'm in.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at all the groups I'm in and seeing which ones would go away. Uh, One, two. Yeah, I would say half of them would go away probably. Uh, that are that are unpaid, uh, maybe more. Um, I
1: like Slack. I like Slack a lot. I'm just I just don't know if I would say it's my favorite thing.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think the thing that I like about Slack is the the conversation thing. I have the feeling that if Slack did that, we would probably go someplace else. If if people yeah. couldn't afford mm-hmm. it, you know, for whatever reason. So I guess I'm going to have to drafts, say. drafts,
1: if if he came out and he's like, "Hey, uh, I'm discontinuing this version. Here's a new version for ten bucks," it'd be like. Ching! Here you go. Yeah, Here's ten bucks. Exactly. <laughs> like take it. Uh, same thing with iThoughts. If 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 he put out a new version, and said it's paid only, I would I would buy it. No problem. I use it so much. So so you say your favorite is to do?
0: No, it's drafts. I was I was going to go drafts. along my okay. bottom row here, which is to do. You know what I want? Slack I want, messages and drafts.
1: I want um like a scratchboard and to do. Almost like drafts inside to do. There's tons of stuff that I want to capture. As like they will eventually become things to do, but I don't want to put a lot of thought into them yet. Hmm. And I feel like putting them into to do is like they go in and then it takes a lot more effort to find them and review them and convert them and things like that. I just I just want like a little scratch pad. So I do I end up using drafts a lot for that kind of stuff or even even popping open editorial um, to, to make a text note that I can like parse later anywhere.
0: Yes, I um, I see what you're saying. I tend to use, so like if I'm pressed for time and I think I have to enter a task, I'll usually open to do and just hit the little, you hold the little plus and I just dump a bunch of stuff. And that just puts it right in the today thing and marks it as, uh, it puts it in the inbox and marks it for today. Which yeah. is not ideal because you're right, then you have to process them. But I'm, I guess I'm so used to doing that. But um. We have a listener Tim. You know know what I mean, though, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, like
1: like I'd love to see, like, oh man, this, uh, this system's totally messed up. You need to figure out what's going on. Like, that's not really a to do. It's something like I want to think about a little bit more. So I'll make a little note. And I just feel like nobody handles. uh, It's not a a bash against to do. I don't. I don't feel very many systems handle that very well. And if they do, they usually drop the ball somewhere else.
0: Well, we have a a listener Tim uh, who. His who has written some great pod um, posts on integrating drafts and to do, and yep. he's written some workflows and we've mentioned him before. I think we posted some of his articles in a previous show, and um, he wrote some stuff where you can take a list of tasks just in drafts and then send it as a list of tasks to to do by you know hitting the, mm-hmm. hitting an action sure. or create projects or create a checklist, and so I find myself. It makes it more uh, more of a possibility to target drafts as the first and only stop for text. Well,
1: you, you know where I'm coming from with this oh, yep. as a former task paper person. Oh, like yeah. That was the supremely awesome part of, like, just working in task paper was you just go in there and think, right? And you don't have to finish thinking. You just, like, start forming what you might need to work on, what you might need to do, breaking a, a project down, and you've got it written down, and you can always convert it to tasks later by putting just a dash in front of them, right? That's pretty awesome. You're yeah. putting a colon at the end, and then it's a project or something. That was great. I love that idea. Um, and I used it a, I I still use it a lot. I still work in Task Paper for um, actually a fairly big project I'm working on now. Oh, really? Um,
0: I use, um, I still use that suppl- supplemental document idea that we talked about a few yeah, episodes ago. Yeah. And I find that is, that plus to do, yeah. And I'm pretty much all set. So you're set. doing almost
1: like a hybrid in yeah, a way. exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 And um, the uh, the copy and paste features in To Do have been a, a big uh, plus, which is kind of getting off the topic of iOS yeah. app. But yeah.
1: You're, go, you're going deep on Task management. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway. Let me ask you. Let me, let me divert this. What's your uh, favorite old thing? Like favorite, like thing, something that you still love that you've loved for a really long time? Other than like, you know, your mom or hmm. your... <laughs> your wife or something like that. You're pretty old, but I wouldn't say you're my favorite. Um, mm. That's a good mm. question.
0: Um, my favorite old thing. Does it... I guess it's kind of like, does it matter if it's like old? Like some you
1: still like. Right? I mean, how uh, about have have your pocket knife? You seem to like sharp things. Yeah, and like, there's
0: certain pocket knives that I like that I use, but I don't... None of the, the really old ones. I kind of am into the new ones that I get. Um, I guess...
1: Let me put it this way. I've yeah. been, I've been thinking a lot as I pack things. Like some stuff I just I'm not ready to pack cuz I I like them. Like I don't want to give them up like like the speakers on my desk. I don't really need them, but I like them. And <laughs> I really like they're really cool or my um Are I they could old? do without my scans now. I've had them for years now. Okay. I mean old old is all relative. Dude. Okay, well if we're talking you
0: know. old is relative, I still think my most favorite item, the one I used all the time and all day is my MacBook air. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't get over how flexible and useful this machine has been. It's, I still maintain it's the best computer I've ever owned. Um, it's definitely feeling its age and I'm looking forward to upgrading it in a couple months. Um, mainly because it's, it's many years old. Um, but it's just I use it every day, and i um
1: are you thinking about the new mac the getting a macbook yeah I'm thinking no, that-
0: no, no, I'm thinking of getting a MacBook Pro depending okay. on what they do with that line. I would definitely go up in in broadiness rather than down um, while having the portability and uh kind of ability to carry it anywhere light you know light mm-hmm. form factor mm-hmm. and everything. I still think I need something that has more power for things yeah. that I'm looking to do um.
1: I love my MacBook Pro, the 15. Yeah, so you have it's a 15. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's heavy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's dense, but it is my f- probably my favorite ever computer because it just works. It's fast. Like it does the things I care about fast. Um, you know, with like little fuss. Like I plug yep. things in, it works. Yep. I unplug them, it works. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that's that says something about the OS too. I'm pretty pretty happy um with the current OS. Yep. So, yep, yep, me too. Um El, El Capitan yeah. is is pretty pretty good, I would say, um in in comparison to a lot of the more recent versions. Yeah, I, maybe I just, not Snow Leopard good, but. I just
0: have nothing to really complain about with it. Like it uh I've had I know a lot of people complain about um space, not having enough space, but I guess since, it's because they bought the wrong computer. Yeah, I think it's also because people hoard things a lot more than I do. Um, I know you're kind of a pack rat, so I'm yeah. Probably here, here's my
1: tip: <laughs> max it out. Yeah, <laughs> like I got 16 gigs of RAM. I went as as high as I could for this machine because I knew I'd keep it for a long time, and it would be my computer to do everything. Yeah. That, so that's, I got a I got a terabyte SSD. You know, and it and all the RAM in the world, and I have no complaints, and it's great. I'm not anxiously awaiting the new model. I would, I'm curious, but I don't feel like I've outgrown this machine. Yeah, and it's, I think that's it's, uh, boy. I don't know what. Yeah, I mean that's that's
0: what I'm looking to do. Um, I bought this thing uh, four years ago, so I mean it's for com- in computer age, it's holding up quite well. Um, But I definitely, I think the question for me is whether I'd go with a 15 inch or the 13 inch MacBook Pro. Um, That's a portability question I'll have to ask myself later. Um, I have a 15 inch MacBook Pro that's really old, like uh, 2009 or 2010. but I th- it, and I guess I never really thought this is just too big to carry around. But it that model was very very thick compared to the MacBook yeah. Air and the new MacBook Pros as well.
1: The 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 15 inch feels big. Like I, it's not comfortable to use on a plane. If I traveled a lot, I wouldn't go 15. I'd probably go 13 and, and some trade offs. Honestly, I might even consider since maybe like the Microsoft apps are getting really good on iOS, there's there's some really just top-notch iOS software out there that allows you to work on either machine. I could see myself going 15 laptop and then getting an iPad Pro, like a smaller iPad Pro for traveling with a keyboard or something like that.
0: Well, here's a question, um, and I don't know if you would have the answer. It's more of like a throw-it-out-there type thing, but the... The battery life of my 13-inch MacBook Air is still phenomenal. It's like eight hours before I have to plug it in. Yeah. Um, the MacBook Pro with the bigger display is that going to draw so much battery that my battery life's going to go down to like two or three hours? Or what? oh
1: no, it's it's I would I don't know exactly what it is. I want to say it's six hours okay. something so like still that. <laughs> at least it's a pretty good chunk of time. And it charges pretty fast. Okay. I, I do find the idea of the MacBook really compelling because you can charge it from an external battery or like almost anything. I like that idea, like topping it up from other, other things and not having to carry a big power brick around. Right. I think but that the, if I was... too anemic right now. Like the, the, the MacBooks are just too anemic for me. Yeah,
0: I, we'll see what they come out with over the next couple of months. I think my thought is to get a beefy, large MacBook Pro that was my initial, you know, that's what I wrote down in my little list, and that's what I budgeted for uh, in YNAB, which I'm still using. And um, I, think I, had, <laughs> I think if I had
1: I think if I had, had a to... Uh, thumb in my eye. Sorry. For the, po- for the uh, Let's Think Positive show. Oh, sorry. I just had to mention YNAB. And what
0: I would do is probably uh, ground zero this MacBook Air 13-inch and just install the the basics on it, and that'll be my travel machine.
1: Hmm. Yeah. You know, cuz it's that's still a still
0: capable and I think if I'm traveling I'm usually just using internet and mail sure and stuff like that. So I think that's a I mean I think so that's I, my favorite old thing.
1: <laughs> that's that's so I think that's a you know, that qualifies as old. My favorite old thing is I don't know, I want to say 2 or 3 years old right at this point. Uh, my Field Notes wallet I still really really like. Oh yeah, you carry that I, thing I, around like I, it's big. You know how big it is, right? Flop it down, it's like throwing out a, like a briefcase on the table. Yeah, it's big. It's big, but the fact that I have a field notes and a space pen and I have credit cards, my medical card, I keep some cash in it, it fits in my pockets anyways, and I love it. I love being able to just like write whenever I want. That's great. And, and, and not having to remember to carry a notepad. Because I, I always remember to carry my wallet because I need money to exist in the world unfortunately. Uh, so I always have a notepad with me and I always have a pen with me and that's, that's fantastic. So that's, that's my favorite. Yeah. You've favorite got me into, right um,
0: I actually have a, I think it's Hellbrand Leatherworks. Um, it's not the same as yours like I don't it, it doesn't hold the pen and the you know keep it closed and it doesn't have place for credit cards because I I like a smaller wallet like I just usually keep it separate. Um, yeah, that's the only bummer. But this uh very, very this brand thing I keep a field notes in it and I jam a space pen in there and I am always for a guy who's Mr. put it in my phone so I can search it electronics first blah blah blah. I find myself using that un- Awful lot in situations that I'm always surprised by, and you know, we'll be in a restaurant. And my kids want to, uh, you know, the other night, my oldest son was helping my youngest son, believe it or not, with geometry homework, and so they're using, you know, we're in a restaurant. I just handed him the tablet, and they're sketching things out, and I'm like, this is <laughs> this is why you carry this type of thing, you know. So, uh, you know, it's not my favorite thing, but I think having that, I can definitely see that as being a favorite thing also because it's a kind of a tactile thing. Like I remember, you know, taking a look at yours, like the feel of that worn leather and the way it kind of adhered to, you know, the d- things it was carrying, like there's a tactile feel to it. That's kind of pleasant as well that you don't get yeah. when you're, you know, looking at a phone.
1: Yeah. It's uh, I I don't know. I just, I just like every, everything about it other than the size. Let me just put it that way. It's, it's great that it has a pin too. I really do use that a lot where I wouldn't have previously planned for it, such as, Oh, I don't know. You buy a coffee with a credit card and they say sign here and all their pins are dead. That's super annoying, and I have a pin on me, and I just pull it out. I don't even bother with their pins anymore. I just use my pin. <laughs> I do too. You know, it's just like I don't want your your pin that every single person off the street is coming and held. <laughs> oh I don't God. quite go that far, but <laughs> but you're right. Hey. You know, it's 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 having <laughs> your own pen all hey, the you, time. You've seen, you've seen men leave the restroom. You know how they, how they are. <laughs> they don't they don't wash their <laughs> well, hands. Well, yeah, you're right.
0: I won't even argue. You, you're. Totally correct.
1: All right, so let's let's see. Your next question is a really strange one. If favorite fact?
0: Yes, I I still don't know what to say there.
1: Didn't you ever do book a
0: lists? So here's my favorite fact. This is what I came up with in the time that I allotted to think of this, which is about the last twelve seconds. Uh, Love it. The time (laughs) Um,
1: you allotted to think about my request. My favorite fact
0: is that I know how to make beer. Um because knowing how to make beer like knowing the reaction of the yeast and all that stuff has it has improved my understanding of how beer like what makes it taste the way it does what makes it look the way it does what makes the texture the way it is it's it's improved every aspect of how i enjoy beer which is you know yeah
1: cuz you get to recognize all that like yeah. oh, this is good because it's hard to make yes that <laughs> or, too this is good because it's hard to reproduce or this is good because I can really taste this specific aspect of it. Yes. And
0: I, and I understand how that aspect was created because I know the, the reactions of the, the things involved. You know, like, I understand why it smells this way because it was dry hopped. What does dry hop mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all those things and how they interact. Yeah. Um, now –
1: But kind of like everything's like that. Like, you learn how to do woodworking and then you really appreciate a good table. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like you're like, Wow. This I could not have done this. Yes. This is really excellent. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's my favorite like fact. It's kind of like a group of
0: facts, but it's kind of like a it, it's it's my favorite thing I know right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. What okay. about you? Uh, I'm gonna go uh, deep chemistry catalog here on you. So, <laughs> oh, so no. I'll, wake, I'll wake you up. I'll buzz you when when I'm done. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Okay. Uh, go ahead.
1: Let's see. Favorite fact is in. I'll explain why it's my favorite fact cuz it's a pretty obscure thing that not even most chemists know. Uh it's called the C-Plock effect. It's it's named after this guy. There's mm. a couple <laughs> things I love about knowing this. It is a it it concerns a certain type of reaction in organic chemistry and that the outcome of the reaction isn't something that's easily predicted based on like First principles of what we know about chemistry and atoms and molecules and how they interact, and so there's people know the outcome. They know that statistically it breaks down. You add a thing to let me go. Yeah, <laughs> here you, you you might remember from college. I don't know if you had chemistry in college or something. You might remember this. If you had a nucleophile to a carbonyl. Uh, it usually approaches the face of the carbonyl that's, like, least hindered, has the least things in the way. That makes sense. Like, statistically, it comes in, and if it if it's crowded out by something, it bounces away before it reacts. But on certain types of molecules, like cyc- cyclohexanones, <laughs> it comes oh in, God. and it seems to prefer the other way. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's coming in from the way that should be more crowded or not work out. And statistically, it reacts that way more often. And it's a little baffling, like, why does this happen? So there's a guy that, uh, his last name's C And there's lots of different explanations for this, but I like this one. He kind of put this proposal out there. He's not a professor. And as far as I know, he was like independently wealthy or supported by his family or something, but he wasn't like a career chemist. He published this paper, this proposal. He's very smart. And, uh, had a lot of theoretical reasons why this should happen. So his explanation involves the idea that as the reaction is taking place, almost in advance of the reaction, the atoms around it kind of know what's going to happen. Like this is anthropomorphizing quite a bit, but they kind of like, as they're interacting, uh, I could go, I could get more technical and make it less like sound like stuffed animals or no like stuff. Animals
0: it, is fine. I'm about uh, at that level.
1: Yeah, as as they're reacting, they're um, they kind of know what's going to happen, and they like what's going to happen. Let's put it that way. They like what the outcome is going to be <laughs> because they're they're more stable um, with that outcome. So that's the way that they go in the reaction. I guess I've always loved this fact because it makes you think a little differently about the world in a way, like things can things can prefer an outcome. inanimate things can have a preference for an outcome because maybe there's there, there's just more stability in that to like awkward moment when they're all coming together. And I don't know it's, it's hard to explain, but that is my favorite fact. That's a I think very about that fact, interesting one. I think about that theory. I guess "fact" is the wrong word. I think about that theory a lot, like a lot more than is probably healthy or normal. Because it's of, one of the favorite, my favorite things that I know.
0: Is it because you see that happening in other ways, kind of um, equivalencies of it? In society or you know, all that stuff.
1: Or- uh, there's a no. I mean, like I said, I, I like this idea that there's a, there's some mystery out there that isn't easily explained by statistics or some some first principle, and we come up with these interesting ideas that seem to predict the correct outcome in other. Contexts, so you know a theory is something that you can apply, and then uh, that's the way scientific principles work: is you you can apply it, and you can predict the outcome of another uh, thing that is similar. And this works that way, even though it seems like magic. Like it seems like this shouldn't be the case. Like how can something know the future, the future state? You know, and and we talk. You know, everybody loves the their minimal facts of physics that we get from reading. Uh, um, I don't know, DIG or whatever the, the new news source is. <laughs> you know, everybody reads about the, yeah, exactly. the Hadron Collider and is all excited about physics for a week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, this idea of, like, particle tunneling and, the like, the maybe maybe it's not all about, like, what's happening instantaneously, but there's time, you know, r- time frame references around the event and stuff like that. I like that stuff. You know I like time travel and stuff. So to me, that's, like, the closest to actual time travel I've ever scene in science that's super cool and i just really i don't know i just really like this thing and there's lots of other explanations for the same thing like you know there's professor meta who has his own descriptions for it i just like the c block model so if you're into organic chemistry that's your thing or uh you just find that interesting like read up on it it's pretty cool like the idea of like they stabilize a bond that doesn't exist yet. Like that's really neat.
0: You have to put that in the show notes. So I know how to spell C plot, but that sounds very interesting to me.
1: Yeah. I I love, don't you have like little facts that like you think about and you're like, man, that's so cool to know that. Like that's a thing that I just enjoy rolling around in my head. Yeah, there's
0: tons of things like that, but I can't really it's hard for me to just pick them out of the air when somebody like that's yeah, st-
1: usually it's totally random, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like hey, you mix red and blue and you get purple. That's cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's an interesting one. It's it's much easier for me to think of um what my favorite food is, which is the next question.
1: Oh, that's the next one. All right, you're going to you you're to take me to the easiest one. What's your favorite food? Um
0: well, I was going to ask you that first. <laughs>
1: Okay, <laughs> what's your uh, favorite food, Gabe? Uh, probably overall, I would say carnitas. I really love a good carnitas. Mm-hmm. Grew up in Southern California, like a like a taco and, thing. Uh, it almost doesn't matter, but yeah, a carnitas taco is like one of my favorite things. Uh, but right now, we found this place locally that makes this dish called sriracha cauliflower.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And they take cauliflower, and they bread it, and then quickly fry it, so it's still crunchy on the inside. And then they drench it in this sriracha sauce, and then they put it on Like a, a sriracha that, mayo type thing? No, sriracha sauce. It's like, you know, they roll it around in sriracha, almost like you do a buffalo wing. hmm And then they put that on a plate that has some type of... It almost seems like a sour cream-based cream sauce or something like that. And uh, th- this is... One of the most flavorful pieces of vegetable I've ever had in my life. It's um, so fantastic.
0: So, um, this isn't my favorite food, but it's related. There's um, a restaurant in Philadelphia called Morimoto. It's run by the the Iron Chef, the guy who's the the Iron Chef. Yep. And he has a shrimp, uh, like a tempura shrimp thing that's very similar, where he takes tiny shrimp, tempura batters them, and puts them in. It's kind of like a sriracha mayo thing and tosses them around and so they're these kind of light puffy things with a real yep. zing to them um and my wife took that idea she found a place uh online that has a like a corollary to that spicy recipe and she did the same thing with cauliflower which has a very similar if you cook it just right it has a very similar texture to shrimp like they yeah yeah sure cauliflower is
1: such a chameleon yeah like yeah you can make it almost anything mashed potatoes shrimp yeah, yeah. like buffalo wings she made those things it
0: was superb so i can definitely understand how that would be good i think my favorite food though is um a pulled pork sandwich
1: (laughs) oh that's pretty close to carnitas i was kind of surprised
0: like the pork's really gonna take a hit in our in our uh our list here my wife is vegan so it's not like we get this um Wait, wait, like we make it at home. What
1: kind of, like what recipe do you go with the uh, the South Carolina, like the Texas? uh. This is the thing.
0: Um, I like it because it is so many different styles. Um, So I enjoy it going to North Carolina and get the kind of vinegar base. I really like that. Um, But we have a place that's really close to us where they make like, it's kind of like the Kansas City style, which is like the real mm. smoky, kind of crusty stuff. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like...
0: So good. Yeah. Again, I'm getting drooling thinking about it right now. Um, so I just <laughs> I just like pulled pork sandwiches. I like that everybody has their own take on it. Some of them, you know, make it in the sauce. Some of them give you sauce to put on top of it after, yeah. you know. The, and the variation to me within the style, I, I still enjoy. I think that's my favorite.
1: All right, what are we going to wash it down with? Favorite beer. Favorite beer. This, has this, this is a loaded question because this also tells me something about you uh, as far as like what you consider, how you measure your favorite beer.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I'm not going to give you my top rated beer. I'm going right. to give you the beer that I would like to drink basically the most often, of the time. Yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> Lawson's Finest Liquid Sip of Sunshine.
1: Oh, all right. Yeah, no, I that's how that's how I broke it down too. It's like I my note here is isn't necessarily the best. It's just a beer I could drink anytime. time. So yeah, uh, what, all what's right. yours? Um, it was a it was a hard call for me, so I'm gonna cheat and do two. Uh, I really like Vic Secret Space Cake. I think really? I think that might be the kind of beer that I can drink almost any time. I mean, Dirt Wolf, it's right up there with Dirt Wolf. I actually think the Vic Secret is slightly better than Dirt Wolf. Um, the other one is Backwoods Bastard, but I don't know that I could drink it any time. Yeah, I definitely
0: can't drink that any time. Which is my f- my top but rated beer. I love beer. it. Yeah, my top rated beer is Fofun by Brasserie Cantillon, which right. is a lambic, um, and it's very bitter. And but
1: you wouldn't want to drink that all day.
0: Yeah, it's it's good for a you know sipping here and there. And I really enjoy it when I have it. But if you said you're going to sit down with a pulled pork sandwich in front of you, which is in your favorite configuration, whatever that may be. Yeah. What is the beer that you want? It's going That's to be that That's the other thing. IPAs
1: go with so much stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like so much food. So many activities. Like, I'm not going to choose a barley wine for no. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> no. beer.
0: Although I've had some of my favorite meal experiences at... Uh, at Barley Wine Festival.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember any Mm, of them. (laughs) I had my least favorite morning after the Barley Wine Festival. I don't remember
0: the food in particular, but I remember it being good.
1: Nice. Uh, Okay. I want to say I want to move on to – this might be second to last, unless you surprise me with something else. Favorite band of all time, which, again, that's another one that, like, how you answer it is almost as hard as like the exact answer.
0: Yeah. I don't quite know how to approach this one because I love music and I like all different kinds of music. And I think if you were to look at, uh, I used to catalog all of my music listening in a thing called last FM, uh, which would basically track everything I listened to and tell me the frequency. Uh, It was like a data you know, minor yeah, but that street. can't go
1: back that far. That can't go can't go back to to like your preteen inter- introduction uh, to music. Yeah, but I think that music—it's
0: very hard to find Sucked. music like that that holds up to now. <laughs> I mean, there's some out there that I, I know
1: think, no one liked the music in the 30s, honestly. <laughs> they're kind of tinny, you know. No, um, <laughs> through a can, I think. But there's <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I.
0: No, that's not what it would be. Um, my favorite band. I think that my favorite band is, is going to be a band that maybe no one who listens to this will have ever heard. Uh, Hot Water Music is my favorite band. Hot
1: Water Music? Hot Water Music. That definitely sounds like it's from the 30s. Hot
0: Water Music is a uh, post-punk band from Florida, now California. It's like four guys okay. that just um, played like Gainesville, Florida. And their music just spans a lot of different time and genres. They're still putting out mm-hmm. records. Um, and I just, I like their style. I like the guys' personnel.
1: What's the, what's, what's the closest band that somebody might know to that style?
0: I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. That's so, they're kind of uh. unique to me. Um, you know, they have two guitars, so they do a lot of this playing off of each other with different styles of guitars. Both of these, the two guitar players also sing, so the songs have different styles with how they sing, and they have distinct styles on both of those. So the music is a great mix. Um, they went from being really kind of raucous and punk to being much more melodic, and I also like this, they have this like kind of throaty, gravelly voices which i always like in bands but um i mean i think so i think hot water music i could listen to any time but i mean there's other bands that like depending on my mood like tom waits i love tom waits but i couldn't just listen to him all day long
1: no well, yeah i didn't I didn't you know uh, i didn't judge this question as like who could you listen to all the time yeah because there's not many bands that i would say i could listen to all the time because you know eventually a Bored or tired of them or right. whatever. Unless they have a huge catalog. Well, I think know. that, you know, favorite band,
0: if I'm saying, is like, my favorite band right now, like, if I was asked to say, what's your favorite band in the last five years, I would say Hot Water Music. So,
1: what about you? Last five years. Oh, you know, this goes to you know the, the pre-teen, I don't know, introduction to music. I really was a huge Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath Fan yeah. when I was I don't know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, so that was like a big part of growing up for me. And then I, then my taste matured, <laughs> let's say, and discovered other things. And uh, at that point, strangely enough, I think I transitioned into like the Cure. Is like really? I really? I, I probably have a bigger collection of Cure music than anybody you know. Um, Which may or may not be a good thing. But yeah, I have a huge amount of their music. I was a massive fan.
0: You know what's funny? I heard a funny story about uh, Robert Smith the other day. Um, He said um, that he hates Morrissey so much that he eats meat because Morrissey doesn't eat meat. (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
1: That's, that's great. so vindictively I, hilarious. I do love the Smiths. Like, I was a huge Smiths fan, too. But th- that's so fantastic. <laughs> that's that, so spiteful. That, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and Nirvana. I was a massive Nirvana fan. I collected everything Nirvana. Like, you know, any, any paraphernalia really? I could get my hands on. Any music, all their bootleg stuff. Does it still feel you know, like what, a kick in the teeth?
0: You know, how that all turned out with Kurt?
1: Oh, uh, kicking the teeth. I mean, it turned out kind of how you would have expected. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the way I feel like it. it's sad and bummer and drugs are bad kids. Does and, it taint, uh, does it
0: taint your enjoyment of the music? I guess is what I'm saying. Cause it does sort of mine.
1: In a, uh, taint my enjoyment. It makes me long for the fact that we didn't get more. Yeah. Like I would have, I would have, I think there would have been some really cool things come out of him and the band if you just look at what Dave Grohl went on to create and how amazing that was for just, you know, his little contribute, you know, he was a part of Nirvana and his contribution was significant, I'm sure. But then he went on to create like one of the best bands that has come out, out in a really long time and done some really amazing stuff. Could you imagine if like he had just, they, if Nirvana had continued with all of that talent in it and all of that, um, No, it would have been amazing. Money behind them to produce top-notch albums. Yeah, I always
0: I felt the same way about Elliott Smith. You know, oh yeah, loved his music. um, But it really lost something for me because it made me bummed out to listen to the music.
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah.
0: because of how you know he committed suicide, and that was a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I think I think another band that. I would say it's one of my favorite bands that I listen to a lot. It suits basically any mood, um, and I've seen them play dozens of times. Really, uh, is Guided by Voices. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've listened to them for years and years and years, and it's kind of like I like the music, but I also have like this history with them. So, like sure. when you say favorite band. Technically a, I
1: mean I know that's a hard yeah, question. Yeah, right?
0: it's, it's hard because they're not technically you know good. Like their music, the guitars can be good, um they generally played while they're very drunk, so technically they're not very good. Um but the feel of the band and Robert Pollard's lyrics and his songwriting it's it I I think You know, Pound for Pound, they're a very fun band to to listen to.
1: I think this is a particularly hard question for anybody to ask themselves, because I'll use Radiohead as an example. I love, like, two Radiohead albums. I think they're top-notch, but Radiohead has gone in such, like, in ways I couldn't follow them, that I didn't enjoy their music as much. Mm, Interesting. I I still like... Like pretty much their whole catalog. I could listen to anything at any time, but it's not great. It's not like every album that they've put out, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. It, you know, it had its moment yeah. and then it wore on me and it just did start to feel a little too repetitive i do like them but, a lot they're they
0: they're up there too i they're not like my you know in my favorite band right now list but
1: but like choose any if i had to choose like favorite album boy they might be up there yeah. for just the one. okay album. computer
0: would be it for me like yeah. it might be my favorite album of all time um, just, I just, every song in that's brilliant. The, the production on it is phenomenal. So yeah, that's, but it's funny that, that that's the case. Like if you ask me just point blank, what's your favorite album? I would say, okay, computer. If you asked me what's your favorite band, I wouldn't, yeah, <laughs> would, awesome? radio yeah. to See, I would You think you Radiohead the top five.
1: I still, Pablo Honey's still by far my favorite Radiohead album. The whole thing top to bottom, I'd love. Yeah, honey yeah and i
0: i that's that I think that's my least favorite I, I like the weirder more electronic stuff yeah, towards the see, end that's
1: where i started yeah. <laughs> like uh yeah kid a was kind of the end of like oh i could really stick with Radiohead for the rest of my life and then you know
0: and, uh, it, yeah, went weird. Thief and yeah yeah i hear you i definitely hear you um what other questions do you have what other favorite things
1: uh i don't know there's I one more like right f- Favorite historical person I don't know This is like uh, Speed dating Jeff <laughs> We're deciding If we're compatible What's, Who's your favorite Historical person Favorite
0: historical person
1: You know mine's Going to be Chemistry
0: related So It is Why don't you talk About your chemistry Related person While I sit And, and scratch my chin and, and stroke my beard And think This,
1: this, this is hard Because I don't want To get sued by his estate So uh, oh, no. uh, uh, Robert Burns Woodward R.B. Woodward Famous organic chemist you Told me about uh, him already pretty much changed organic chemistry forever. And uh, it changed the culture of being a chemist, changed the expectations for the field, changed the science. He was also a, a total bastard, terrible person, like <laughs> terrible father, terrible husband, alcoholic. Uh, you know, he just was as complex of a human being can be. He, he pretty much had it all. Bottled up genius, but totally broken and difficult to deal with. And but yeah, favorite historical person. There you go. Wow, that's
0: an interesting one. Um, and not too far back. Interesting. Um, favorite historical that's, that's person. That's from like
1: the. F- I mean, my favorite period for for him would have been around the fifties or so. So not 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 long ago. I mean, I guess I could have chose somebody further back in history, but. That's who I think about when I think of my favorite person. There you go. I guess when I pick favorite person, I think a
0: person that I think is most interesting to read about and read things by.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And there's two of them. So I'm going to say them both. One of them is this uh, Tibetan guy uh, named Chogyam Trungpa who wrote a lot of really interesting books. Um, He came here from – he had to flee Tibet. During the, the Chinese invasion. And then he lived in India, then he ended up moving to Scotland, then he moved to like Nova Scotia or something like that. And he wrote, he was per, spoke perfect English, wrote tons of books, and I feel like his the way he approaches the stuff that I like to read about Buddhism is a really interesting approach, the way he approached meditation and all that stuff. So he's he's a very one of my, I guess, favorite historical people, mainly okay. to read what he's written. And I think the other is um David Foster Wallace. Mm, um, yeah, wow. Because...
1: Talk about being a bummer. Yeah, think yeah about.
0: exactly. Um, but boy, his books have really affected me. Like, they've affected how I think about writing. They think about how I read. <laughs> they, they affected my way of thinking, period. Uh, how I thought about addiction and depression and... Um, how you structure a story, uh how you don 't structure a story <laughs> like mm-hmm. he really changed the game as far as yeah. how I think, actually, which I think is a pretty hard thing to do um so i think I think I would pick oh, him
1: yeah now i would now I wish I would have chose Vonnegut <laughs> you can still Damn choose it. Vonnegut if you like uh,
0: i picked I picked uh two kind of interesting dichotomous characters, so you can pick Yeah, Vonnegut.
1: okay all right i curve uh, Vonnegut's probably my uh Second most thought about historical figure. That's the, that's the way I, when I said favorite, it's like, who do I think about the most at any given time in my life? Well, yeah,
0: or for me, in these both of these cases, it's not who I think about the most, but they are people who I'll be thinking about something else, and their stuff comes up in my mind yeah, as being influential, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. um, you know, just like I said, with, with Foster Wallace's approach to writing, it was like, Every time I read something that is kind of interesting, I kind of think about him as a counterpoint it's it's really really um unusual and you're right, a complete yeah. bummer,
1: yep, yeah, yeah it's I, funny that a lot I, of our favorite historical
0: it. people are all no longer with us, and some by their own hand three of three of the four people that hmm. I was just thinking about you know
1: well, that it probably it's part of what created a lasting effect on you right is mm-hmm. that uh these people stopped existing and stopped producing and so that made what they produced even more valuable mm-hmm. but but also they didn't have a chance to totally screw it up i think you're right <laughs> like, and uh, like to sell out and do car commercials <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly yeah that's a good point point. and i also think that they a lot of them went out on a on a high note right so um
1: yeah, that that is fair enough. Like you know, we talked about Kurt Cobain. I think he definitely went out at a at a pinnacle of his, his career, rather than producing a bunch of mediocre stuff. And right.
0: Then, and we don't know what was you know. going to come from him. It could have been could have been that. And, and as it mm-hmm. is, you have these kind of lasting impressions. And yeah, so I think you know we don't want to be this uh, end on a bummer because this is our happy show of all our favorite things. But uh, all
1: right, I, I'm I'm willing to do a second date, Jeff. <laughs> Let's. Let's get this on the calendar. Yeah,
0: we might as well. You know, the problem is you wear... You're buying, though. Well, I probably owe you a few since you sent me this beer, which is
1: pretty darn good. Yeah, what would you give it? I'd give it a B. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. It's, a, a, it's, it's tasty, flavorful. I would not discourage anyone from trying it but I also wouldn't seek it out and if I went into a bar speaking of fa- like how we judge what our favorites are if I went into a bar and this and Vic secret were on tap wow that's kind I of would unfair have secret. <laughs> yeah um
0: I feel the same way about sip of sunshine you've had that right
1: I have not oh, I've heard great things about it, it, it before yeah, maybe that, if I had any friends they'd send them to me yeah we mm-hmm. we got very uh, lucky with hmm. sip
0: of sunshine um the the guy who runs the bar on the corner, um, we were talking about how we heard it was good, and he went out to his car and gave us a four-pack of it.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, that was the, lucky. M- that was my backhanded comment to you about uh, sending me some sunshine, but it yes. doesn't sound like you have easy access no, to no. it. No, <laughs> no. He,
0: he knows somebody who knows somebody who brought some down from Vermont or wherever they brew it, and it was... Uh, Totally lucky that we were able to get some. Um, but I wish I had a pipeline for that stuff because it was, phew, wow, a knockout yeah. beer. Um, but this is, you know, th- this beer that we're drinking now, this Harpoon Kettle Cup Thunder Foam 100 Barrel Series. Um, tasty. It's tasty. And I would
1: say overall, just if you stumble across the 100 Barrel stuff from Harpoon, get it's it. It's worth a try. Like it's yeah. a nice, it's a nice, uh, I haven't had anything that I was just like, oh, this is, Terrible! They did such an awful job making this beer. Well, and
0: this isn't um, this isn't like a so unique and strange that you're just you know you're left confused. Like there's some familiar flavors here. There's a few things that are in like the ancho chilies and the poblanos and whatever, but they don't overpower it. In fact, they barely are there at all.
1: But they're there still. But they're there. Yeah. Yep.
0: But mm-hmm. they're not like you know like sometimes you have a a, a spicy pepper. IPA, it's yeah. like, you know, the foam touches your mouth and you're like, this is going to be unpleasant for me. You know, that kind you of thing. You know,
1: this gets to something that I that is a new pet peeve of mine with beer. I know this is the positive thinking show, but uh, the I find so many beers where they'll say, this is a stout with uh, coconut and chocolate and, you know, almond milk and like all these great sounding things. And then I try and I'm like, I don't taste coconut at all. I don't taste any chocolate. Like, I, I, it tastes like a stout. Yep, a stout and with chocolate that milk. That has become a thing where they list an ingredient as if that's going to be part of the flavor profile, and it's totally not. And to me, that means they failed. They kind of failed at what they were going for with the beer. Is maybe the beer is good on its own, but when you put coconut into a beer, if it doesn't taste like coconut, I kind of feel like you missed the mark with it.
0: You messed up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ah, uh, well, I'll keep drinking this one, though. I'm not pouring it out. That's for darn sure. Alrighty, All right,
1: man. Go s- I'll let you go spend some quality time with your knife. <laughs> Thanks. You could hear me fondling it, couldn't you? Oh, gross. Jeez. Have a good weekend. Got to go scrub my brain. <laughs> See ya. All right, bye. bye.